Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Leo's Lessons, the theological podcast where we take a look into one of theology's most relevant teachings in today's day and age. This is our debut episode, and we will start off with a special topic focusing on redemptive suffering. To begin talking about redemptive suffering, we will be first looking at a story published by the Washington Post titled, After Miscarriage, I Was Rocked by Depression many other women. I didn't get follow-up care for this loss. It was published on November 30th, 2019 by Katie C. Eilert. In Riley's article, she touches on many different parts of the tragedy that is a miscarriage. Riley suffered from recurring flashbacks of her baby's miscarriage for weeks. It was an extremely difficult time for her, and she was not receiving the mental care that she needed. Just like many women who suffer from miscarriages, they go unaided mentally. She quotes in her article that up to 55% of women who miscarriage experience depressive symptoms shortly after. Up to 40% experience anxiety immediately following the miscarriage, and up to 15% reach the clinical threshold for a major depressive disorder in the months after the loss. To understand more why so many women are deeply affected by this mentally, Riley speaks to Tessa Sugarbaker, a gynecologist who now works as a therapist in the San Francisco Bay Area, treating clients who have been experiencing pregnancy loss. She says, the two most common things I see women for after a miscarriage is trauma, grief, or both. I think the trauma can come from feeling helpless that nothing can be done, from doctors not being sensitive to the experience of a woman, and from society not recognizing it as a loss. so wrong in life, like the miscarriage of a defenseless and pure child. It is hard to see how it could lead to an ultimate purpose. But seeing as how it is such a tragedy makes it easier to see that this pain and grief unites people to Christ. It proves an obstacle to reach fulfillment in Him. When people learn that suffering is a necessary part of life, and every experience that it teaches us of what Jesus had to endure, our souls are ever more bound together. She says, Childbearing is the beginning of a much longer parenting journey, and we start that journey on the right foot if we can recognize that we must balance optimism, realism, and acceptance of what we cannot control. She means that we must not believe that we are able to control all that happens in the world. We are not able to do that. We just need to look to Jesus when things take a turn for the worse to find strength in Him to persevere. also known as, What Would God Do? This is the portion of the episode where we answer three questions rooted in God's goodness. To answer today's WWGD questions, we will be interviewing this banana. So, banana, after listening to today's story, do you think that God is responsible for this suffering? No, God is not responsible for the suffering. 
People's free will is the causation of suffrage. Free will was given to people because God wanted us to freely choose to love him as much as he loves us. To answer the rest of the questions, let's speak to Banana's sister, the Orange. So, Orange. Question number two. Does God care? Of course he cares. He cares about us so much that he sent his only begotten son to save us at the price of his own child's mortal life. Question number three. How does God respond? God has responded to human suffrage throughout our history in many ways. He has been the cause of many miracles and has created many covenants that are intimate with humans and are there to help us through our suffering. Thank you, Orange, for those very zesty comments. Anything else to add? This is Orange, signing off. Hopefully, you have learned that redemptive suffering is not all bad, but rather, it is a crucial part of the human experience. Although it can be difficult, it brings us ever closer to the relationship with God and Jesus that we crave.